Hey everyone, today's special episode of the Listening Podcast, Hanging with Cam Boucher of Sorority Noise, is brought to you by you, our valued listeners. Give us a follow on Twitter, at Pod. that's at Pod. Um, so this episode is a little different. We did um, some of our usual segments with Cam as part of our interview. Before that, we did our Hot Thoughts segment about some new albums that were released, including the new Fleet Foxes, the new Lord, um, Jason Isbell. Uh, and, a, and a couple more. So if you're interested in that, you can listen to the start of the episode. About a half hour in is where uh, our discussion with Cam starts. So let's start the show. Welcome to a very special episode of the Listen In Podcast. We have Cameron Boucher of Sorority Noise joining our show today. Uh, we will have that interview for you a little bit later on. Um, but first, we wanted to talk about some new albums that came out this week. Uh, we'll be talking about the new Lord album, new Jason Isbell, Kevin Morby, and of course, Jake Fleet Foxes. Yeah. And uh, Sean, before we look too far ahead, let's take a trip down memory lane. Mm. Episode 78. Uh, 1978 in music, we had some good ones. Rolling Stones released Some Girls. Mm. Steen came out with Darkness on the Edge of Town. Oh, hell yeah. Um, you have This Year's Model by Elvis Costello, which is a, on this podcast a, sort of a divisive one. Um, let me see. Give Him Enough Rope. Ambient One, Music for Airports, yeah, by wow. Brian Eno. It's a big year. Van Halen's first album comes oh, out, Jake. so we're locking it in. Yeah, definitely. And history-wise, 1978, Sweden is the first country in the world to recognize the effect of aerosol sprays on the ozone layer, and they banned the sale. Good for Sweden. Yeah. For Of course it was Sweden who and, recognized yeah. that. Leave it to those sort of like... Nordic countries. They have their shit figured out. They really do. They're always ahead of the curve maybe, on like most stuff. Maybe we move this podcast over there. Man, maybe we do. That's a big <laughs> upheaval for me uh, and my family yeah, kind life. Of, kind of personally, yeah. I can't do that. Uh, all right, let's dive in with some new album talk. The first one I want to talk about, uh, let's do this Lord album first. Yeah. So Lord comes out with her sophomore effort, uh, Melodrama. Um, what are your thoughts on this, Jake? It's getting a ton of positive press, a lot of good reviews. Yeah, my first thought was that I was actually pleasantly surprised by how positive the reviews were. I've always liked Lord. I never was like way into her or whatever, never listened to Pure Heroin that many times, but I liked the hits from it. And when I saw on Metacritic, I think on that first day it was out, it had like a 92. Yeah. I was super pleased to see that. Um, I'm three listens in. I'm liking it for sure, and I'm just sort of taking it as it comes. But the songs are super catchy. I mean, obviously, Green Light is... <laughs> I, uh, so when we, what I also wanted to say is that when we first heard that song, when it was a single, I wasn't totally sold on it for some reason. The more I've heard it, that song bangs, dude. I mm-hmm. love that song. And when I first put this record on... Uh, I was in my apartment vacuuming. I was like dancing around the apartment <laughs> with the vacuum to, the, to to green light to kick off the album. Yeah, I, I've been kind of the same with Lord, where I haven't loved her. I've liked some of the singles that came out on that last album that were huge, obviously. As a whole, I was like, yeah, this is good. It's not totally my thing. And as a result, I wasn't totally excited for this new album. I was like, yeah, it'll be good. It'll have some good songs. I have to say, I am pleasantly surprised by this album. This feels like a real step up from her uh, in terms of songwriting and as in being an album as a whole. Uh, there's some really, really great songs on here. Perfect Places, that last track is completely yep. massive. It's so good. 
Um, Writer in the Dark is another really good one. I like Supercut Towards the End is another great one. Yeah, so there's some really, really good songs on here. I think this works as an album a little bit better than maybe Pure Heroin did. You know what I kind of like too is the Louvre. Yeah, I do too. The part where she's like boom, 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 boom and make them all dance to it. That part is pretty cool. That's a good song too. Uh, What struck me about this album that doesn't always strike me with pop albums is obviously with pop albums they have this sheen to them that it's this huge production but what i always find is that that production ends up feeling a little too busy sometimes on pop music this though sounds really really crisp without being too busy there's there's still that big production and i think some of the songs on here end up sounding really massive in a good way though and not washed out like some of the other big pop songs and it's interesting because I, I think I was reading an interview with Lord back when Greenlight first came out and this album got announced, and she was talking about how she, while making this album, she would listen to the demos they recorded on just Apple iPhone hmm. headphones because she's yeah. like, that's what a majority of the people who are going to be listening to this are going to hear this album on. So I want to hear it like you guys. Like I don't want to hear it on the really good studio headphones where you can hear every little sound. I want to hear what it's like if it's kind of you know, forced through the not-so-great Apple uh, earbuds. Oh, interesting. So, you know, I was listening to this, and I really think that is to its credit. I, I thought it was bullshit at first when she said that. I was like, ah, that's not going to make a difference. Like, yeah, it's not actually it going to sound any different, honestly. And, like, I, I wouldn't say I use bad headphones. Like, I, I invested a decent amount of money in, in pretty good earbuds. Yeah. I even notice a little bit of a difference here. This sounds better than certain other pieces of pop music that I've listened to and I really do think it sounds crisp and clear yeah. in the way that some other ones don't. I agree. The production on it's really, really good. One more quick point because I know we got to move on because we got a lot in this episode but uh, quick note that Lord is still 20 years old. Crazy. It blows Crazy. my mind and for, it, it's so much that in fact when there's a lyric in it when she's like she sings like I'm 19 and I'm on fire or something like that. I heard that. I was like, oh, she must have written that a long time ago. Like a couple of years ago, back when Pure Heroin was happening. Yeah. I was like, oh no, she could have written that in the last yeah, year. Yeah, she was like 17 when Pure Heroin yeah. came out, right? Yeah, that's crazy. She's like a, a savant, it seems. Of but this music. this does feel like it's on, maybe not on a, on a lemonade cultural impact level, but yeah. maybe like a hair below it, a tier below it yeah. in that regard. So This feels like an album to me also that I'm, I'm going to end up liking a lot. I, I'm going to keep yeah, listening based I on my agree. first few. Um, next album that came out that I was actually really, really surprised by was Jason Isbell. Uh, so I wasn't really familiar with him. He's a country artist. Um, and you had listened to an album by him before, right? Yeah, I listened to Southeastern. It's okay. the one with Elephant on it. Um, okay. it. But I only ever listened like once or twice. I remember liking it, but it, it got just lost in the wash yeah. of all the albums yeah. I listened to. Basically, I listened to it based on Stephen Hyden's uh, reviews. Yep. He loves this kind of stuff, yep. it seems, and was way into Jason Isbell and his work. So I listened based on that. So every year I find this happening where I kind of listen to one country album yep. every year. Last year it was Sturgill Simpson with Sailor's Guide to Earth. This Jason Isbell album, um, which is called The Nashville Sound, by the way. Cool album title. It the is Nashville a cool sound, sound. yeah. Um, so this album kind of meets my my quota for for one country album per year, and I came to a realization of you know what why, why that might be. So we we talked a few weeks ago about indie folk, yeah, and we we broke down that paste list of the best indie folk albums ever. And I realized that indie folk and folk music in general is one of my favorite genres to listen to. I realized 
country is kind of like folk or indie folk's uglier, louder, dumber cousin that lives in the South. And you go and visit him once a year, and it's fun, but you don't want to make that a regular thing. But and to take the um, the analogy a little further, it's like your loud, sort of annoying cousin, the family from the South, and you go down and visit, and there's one or two self-aware cousins yes. who you get along with, and you're like, yeah, "Mom, Dad, perfect. Are, are, perfect. are Jason Isbell yep. and Sturgill Simpson yes. are my cool cousins? Are they going to be there <laughs> yes. so that we can talk openly about the kind of music yep. they play? Are yep. they going to be there? That's sort of like <laughs> what it is. That's exactly what it is. And I'm probably offending people who like country music by calling it, like, dumb. And, yeah. yeah it, but, it's definitely offending people because... Some country music's pretty good. And this, and this is a great point. This is what I'm, I'm trying to get around to, is that I'm wrong about having that opinion. It's yeah. not the correct way to think about this, because there's a lot of good stuff happening in this genre that I ignore because I think of it in that pop country context, where yeah. like Tim McGraw is singing about pickup trucks and like American flags and Budweiser yeah. and stuff. Uh, this is not that, by the way. This is completely different. No, nothing like that. And yeah, country, it's interesting because the more I delve into stuff that's actually good, like this past week or two weeks, I've been getting a little bit into Glenn Campbell. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever listened to him. No. He's like like a once-in-a-lifetime talent. Like, that guy was incredible. He's not someone who writes songs that are, like, cool, mm-hmm. but he, like, that song Wichita Lineman's by him and Southern Nights. So he's just a really talented singer, and he has a really clear voice. In fact, his voice reminds me a little Father John Misty here mm. and there in some ways. I don't know. If you listen to it, you might not find okay. it. Okay, okay. That's something I noticed. But, yeah, there's all kinds of different country, and so the point is... Some of it's worth exploring. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I definitely think this Jason Isbell album is. Stephen Hyden was also the reason why I checked this out. Yeah. Same thing as last year. He was talking up that Sturgill Simpson album. He talked up this one. Checked it out. I really, really liked it. Really enjoyed it. I've listened a few times now, and I'm going to continue listening. Um, speaking of new albums, we also got a new one from Kevin Morby, who mm. put out the album Singing Saw last year. His new album is called City Music. City Music. Um, and so I've listened to this one twice. I'm liking it so far. I I think I don't know if it's going to cross over into an album I love, but Kev, he seems to be doing some interesting stuff on here and, and changing up his sound a bit, moving a little bit more towards rock from folk. Like he has one song that's an homage to punk. It seems that one, two, yeah. three, four song. Yeah, right. Yeah, and and I would say singing saw. I, I got pretty into that album last yeah. year. I really did like it. That there was probably a good mix of kind of that rock sure. folk vibe. But yeah, I, I know what you're saying about I think this it just, new album. It, it feels as though this one's maybe a little more direct. I could yeah. be wrong. Maybe a little but, more yeah, riff-based. I'm, I think I'm with you in, in the sense that this might not be one that is like a top 10 album of the year. It's definitely good. There's some songs on here that I really, really enjoy. I, I Like I said, I really enjoyed singing Saw last year. That one kind of came out of nowhere and I ended up liking it. Um, I, for some reason, I, I went into this one not expecting a lot. I was yeah. like, well, you know, quick follow-up to an album. Like, how you know, how good is it going to be? But we saw from Big Thief. You that's, never know. That's right. And I ended up being pleasantly surprised yeah. by this. Um, the song City Music, the title track of it, is such an awesome jam. I was going to say. The guitars in that, just the the life that's brimming from that sound is so cool. Um, and I it's like one how, of my favorites. Oh, sorry to cut you off, but I like how it before they have that Flannery track, which mm, I yeah. assume it's Flannery O'Connor that they're reading. I'm not sure. But that song is awesome, and it has that really cool sort of riff. Um, I also love Crybaby, mm-hmm. um, yep, the second track on the album. It's one that immediately jumped out. It's, it's definitely an enjoyable listen. Um I'll, I'll return to it for sure. Yeah, this, this kind of feels like it's in that Kurt Vile, yeah. bluesy folk rock 
zone where you're going to get some awesome guitar licks. Maybe not every song on here is going to be a home run, yeah. but there's if you're in the mood for listening to that kind of thing, this this is really really good. Yeah, it, like some of it's a little sloppy, I feel like the guitar licks and the guitar playing, yeah. it's like it, it kind of has that a little bit thrown together feel yeah. to me. Maybe that's the difference I'm noticing between singing song and this. I'm not sure. There's some di- difference. I feel like the city music name and that whole aesthetic is in some way meant to signify a change yeah. in, of heart in some way. Yeah. But yeah. I'm not totally sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so I think the last new album that came out, and this is this could be a, a bit of a longer discussion, yeah. uh, is... Fleet Foxes returning after seven years um, with Crack Up, the follow-up to Help Mrs. Blues. Um, so what what has your initial impressions been with this, Jake? Um, it's, it's interesting because Crack Up definitely seems to be a more complex, less immediate, um, more chaotic, more musically, you know, sort of complicated album. I think through the first week, it has me liking it less than their previous albums, if I'm being honest. But it's one of these albums where I'm finding there are these little moments. We talk about these albums here and there that come out where sometimes the songs aren't the strongest. Big Thief was a really recent example of this. But you you latch on to little moments. Mm -hmm. And I'm finding that with this. um, So I'm liking it. And I guess I'm hedging a little bit because I, I feel I'm sort of worried about making too strong a statement about yeah. it early on where yeah. I feel like this is an album that necessitates a lot of listens based mm. on how much is going on in the mix. I mean, mm-hmm. the the production is crazy in terms of how many instruments are mixed in. The type of songwriting that Pecknold's doing on this is less accessible by far, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Mm-hmm. So it's I think it's tough to say early on. I am in lockstep with you on on your opinions on it so far. It's been tough for me to really break in with this. I've tried. I've listened a lot so far. Not a lot. I've listened a, a good amount so far. Yeah. And it still hasn't completely grabbed me in the way that their first two albums did. And, and I agree. I think that's because of the song structures. I think it's because of the dense arrangements that are happening. Which isn't to say it's it's bad. It's just doing things that are slightly different yeah. than those first two Fleet Focus albums. I agree. It's not as immediate. It's not as immediately catchy. Um, there's songs that really don't stand out as strongly on the first few listens. Um, but I, I'm kind of the same way where I might be hedging. Where it's like, I know I think if I... If I keep listening to this, I'm going to like it more. And I don't really want to say anything yeah. negative about it because I know it's, just, it's going to take more listens. A highlight for me is, um, I remember, I think we even discussed this on the pod maybe a few months ago, where uh, that first song, whatever it's called, Arroyo Seco, Thumbprint Scar, it has like several <laughs> yeah. titles. Um, it starts off with Robin Pecknold singing really quietly into a mic and then it explodes into this sort of full band sound and the riff that's going on is like he said it would be the same chords and the same little riff from the end of grown ocean right yeah that's a good point whenever it comes on i'm expecting to hear the in that dream part from grown ocean and it's it's cool how they stuck that out and, and, and ended up doing that no that is cool um and yeah you you mentioned how it starts off him singing you know, like a really low, quiet voice, and then it explodes. And then there's this part where it goes back to him talking in this low, low voice. That has felt a little jarring to me really? at times, where it's like, I can't, maybe I think that's one of the things that has made it hard to really get my hands around this album is that there's those jarring, kind of like 
key changes or, 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 or feelings on yeah, the song changes, yeah. yeah that I'm just like whoa like what, what is this now and then it goes back and I'm like okay wait we're still in the same song and it's been hard to in, in, in so many of these are just like suites of yeah. songs all in one and it makes it hard to really wrap my hands around like what song am I on what is this what's happening well it also sort of feels like reading literature in some ways because it feels like there's a lot of allusions yeah. to you know figures and there's uh, the the language is if there's a criticism maybe a little overwrought mm. where it's like the way Robin Pecknell tends to write is not the most human it always Sounds very academic. It, it does feel very academic. Like there's this song that's that starts endless vacation felt like oh no uh, felt like something perdition or whatever. And I was like a perdition like that's not that's that's a ten cent word there right. or whatever the phrase is. Right. Um, so yeah, there's there's a lot of that. So that lumped on top of the complexity of the music, it doesn't make it immediate. That's not all to say I'm not liking it. I think there's some definitely there are some definite highlights. Um, What's one thing that's tough is it's hard to say the track names. Like I was yeah, trying to think, like agreed. a highlight for me agreed. is that one. Um, is it Mayert's Tapa or something? I don't know. I don't even know how <laughs> your you guess say is it. as good as mine. It kind of reminds me of the Bonnie Vare album with those crazy track names. Yeah, it's but. tough to say. Like I was reading some today and really taking in what they actually were for the yeah. first time. It, like that one that's like Nides slash yeah. Cassidy's. Yeah, I I never really knew what that was saying. I I think the most accessible songs here are actually Third of May, which oh, yeah. it makes sense that that was the first single. Um, and then I think it's the second half of Another Ocean. Um, oh, yeah. That that part's really, really catchy. I'm like, oh, here's something I can like grab onto. I've actually listened to that song more than anything else on the album. There's actually. also that little moment, I believe, at the end of that one where you hear this little jazzy flourish mm. that's like for mm -hmm. 10, 15 seconds. Mm -hmm. That's a little thing I look forward to. Um, I... I mean, the thing is, is I feel like I'm still, like I said, grabbing a hold yeah, of these songs. Yeah. Like, I, even just today, I think I listened for my, I don't know, fifth time or something, and I still felt like some of these songs was like, oh, okay, now I know what that one is now. It took me right. this long. I feel like it's going to take another five to really love it. Yeah. I do think there's that potential there, though. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm going to keep listening, and I don't want, I'm, I don't want to pass judgment on it quite yet. Yeah. Um, before we get into some of the other topics around this i just want to ask you would you say having you know the album have, having been out for a few days now and having listened to it would you say you're maybe a little disappointed with it though um, with the expectations that are there for fleet foxes being so high here's the thing I, I would say yes slightly because based on what i heard from third of may and odagai hara or whatever that's called um, I was expecting something bigger. Now, that's not to say that my disappointment won't be sort of unfounded come a week or two from now. Um, and it certainly isn't to say that I think it's bad or that I don't like it. But yeah, I think it is maybe not quite what I expected or what, I'm not loving it as much as I hoped I would mm -hmm. right away, mm -hmm. I'd say. I, I would say I'm in the same boat yep. as you. And, and that leads us into the next piece of this, talking about kind of the critical and fan response. So... I was looking on the Indie Heads Reddit just because I was fascinated by what people were thinking of this album the yeah. day it came out. And I was looking through there. There there were... It seemed to be kind of split where some people were like, this is amazing. I love this. Other people were like, no, I'm sorry. Like, I'm, I'm really disappointed with this. It's yeah. not doing it for me. And these were people who said they had the leak too for weeks. They were like, I've been listening for weeks and this really isn't doing it for me. So... The fan response seems to be kind of split here. 
Um, just anecdotally, me talking to a few other people, they've also echoed that. That hmm. it's like, eh, it's not really doing it for me. So, yeah. yeah. That's interesting. And critically, it's getting some great reviews, but a lot of good, not great reviews. AV Club gave it a C+. Plus. Yeah. Uh, Stereo Gum's premature evaluation was, was not scathing, glowing. Yeah, actually. It was not glowing, to say the very least. But then you have Pitchfork. Our boy Ian Cohen gives That's it the right. best new music, 8.7. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it's tough to get a hold on this. Like, it like is. On Metacritic, it has an 82. That's a, that's a good very score. very high, yeah. I um, keep asking myself, what am I missing with this? And, and I just am waiting for the next listen to yeah. reveal itself. And it hasn't happened yet, but... Yeah, it just... I, I think part of it is, it's like what we were getting at before, where... It's undeniably beautifully produced, yeah. and there's so many yep. nice flourishes in there. There's a lot of beautiful stuff going on. I just feel like they're in some ways, I'm not sure if I love the songs yet. Right. And I don't right. know if that's something where, it, again, it is because they're more complex or they're more varied in their structure, and it's just going to take my ears longer to get used to them. I feel like that has happened over the past one or two listens a little, Um but I don't know. I, it's it's hard to tell. Yeah. No, I'm I'm with you on that. Um, so, you know what's interesting? Speaking of those reviews, I didn't read a single review that didn't frame the narrative of this album as Fleet Foxes haven't come out with any anything in years. Yeah. Because Robin Pecknold went away to college. Yeah. And if you recall, Father John Misty was in this band. And, like, look at the dichotomy between these two artists. There's one who's very, like outspoken and in the press a lot and then there's this other one this like kind of quiet folk band that minds their own business and is very academic and And they're even different in their approach like Father John Misty Josh Tillman is so direct and basically just says more or less in plain English what he means Mm. and what he says he plays ball with the media he's this big showman and then Fleet Fox is like you said academic erudite if that's the word I'm looking for sort of you know quieter Mm -hmm. more traditionally Pacific Northwest folk And, and it I don't know if it strikes me as lazy or what, but I'm getting sick of reading Fleet Fox's pieces that only mention those two yeah. things as a narrative. I don't know if like you if if it's a rule of music writing that you have to attach narrative to it, but all I'm getting are these Father John Misty takes that they're trying to make connections that aren't really there, and it's it's I don't know it strikes me as maybe a little lazy. Yeah, I've seen some of that. And and speaking of Father John Misty, I don't know if you saw this, Sean. On, I did. On, yeah, on yeah. Twitter. He reached out, or not really reached out because he didn't directly at mention them, but he tweeted out, congratulations to my friends today, an incredible album, and a group of people I love and miss. And then someone tweeted at him and said, favorite track? And he responded, Memphis is a stunner, referring to I Should See Memphis, one of the later tracks on the album. Um, So I thought this was interesting because it seemed like there was a Cold War going on Mm. between Father John and Fleet Foxes, and it seems like that's still going on from Robin Pecknell's perspective because... I read in Rolling Stone, which I still get delivered to my house, <laughs> and, and today, and I think it was Exclaim, his comments about Tillman, which he said, um, I don't have anything to say to him right now. I've heard Father John Misty in passing, and I'm proud of him for doing his thing, but I don't really have a strong attachment to what he does. Feels cold. This, this strikes me as sour grapes, to be honest with you. That reads like, oh, I see he has had a ton of success the last couple of years, maybe more than Fleet Foxes. Maybe he's at a level where he's more popular than Fleet Foxes, more critically acclaimed. That kind of strikes me. Saying you've heard him in passing, are you fucking kidding me, dude? I mean, like, he was on SNL. This, like, you I, know what I, I gotta mean? Be, like, I gotta be honest with you. The entire Robin Pecknold media tour and all the interviews he's done, 
to me have a been really fucking boring. Yeah. And B have read kind of like whiny annoyingness about like, oh, I'm a I'm a white male indie rock singer. Like I I have feelings too, but I know I don't want to like impose my viewpoint upon people because they don't care. It's like, dude, you're right. We don't care. You feeling sorry for yourself about this doesn't make it much better. I I haven't been compelled to read many of his interviews because I don't think he gives a great interview. And no. this, this kind of comment just it kind of rubs me the wrong way. It did come off as a little bit cold. And who knew if he actually, who knows if he read Josh Tillman's tweet. Um, but the one thing I took away from it is from a guy like with Josh Tillman who, you know, he can be pretty acerbic and can be pretty direct. And sometimes a, you could argue mean depending on what his take is on something. He'll kind of mock things. This was a surprisingly forthright and just sincere, feels, kind t- tweet. Feels very genuine coming from him. And, and in his press tour leading up to the release of Pure Comedy, he got a ton of Fleet Fox's questions. He never said a bad thing about them. He was like, yeah. he's like, I, I love those guys. We're not making music anymore. We're doing our own thing. That's fine. He's like, I don't see why people keep comparing us. It doesn't matter. Like, I'm not... Like, there's no beef there. The first time he said he heard 3rd of May, he said he teared up. Listen there you to go. It. Yeah, so like... He's been nothing if not polite about the whole thing. He just thing. seems more comfortable with what he's doing compared to what they're doing. They're on different trajectories. Two thoughts really quick. One is that I wonder if Pecknold's quotes, like where he's saying, I don't have anything to say to him right now, if, if that kind of stuff depends on tone. Like, if the if we heard audio of True. it, if it might sound like... If he's like, yeah, I really don't have anything to say to him right now. Like, I you know, I don't right. talk to him or whatever. Right. Then I could understand. In print, it doesn't look great. No, it doesn't. My other thought was, um, uh, wait, what was it? Filibuster for me. I'll get it back. Well, Father John Misty is, you know, he's still in the press, actually. He's doing a lot of stuff even now. Like, he's in The New Yorker. I'll be interested to see how this narrative continues throughout the year. Okay, go ahead. I got it. It was, um, that was a complete lapse. Uh, (laughs) Part of it is, as we know, there was sort of a not-so-great falling out when Josh Tillman left the band. Mm. Part of me wonders, given what we can kind of surmise based on his music, where he was at in his life back in those days, Mm -hmm. like, it seemed like he was a far less happy person. Someone who was more dependent on, like, rampant drug use. Yeah. I wonder, part of me wonders if Josh Tillman, in the days of Fleet Foxes, was less gracious and maybe burned one too many bridges. I I could see that, too. I think maybe there's some bad blood. I I mean, I wouldn't say Father John Misty, Josh Josh Tillman's in a great place now, either. He still is, like, microdosing with LSD and... He seems to be pretty unhappy by his own admission. So true, true. You know, but it does seem at least that he is saying the right things. It comes across a little bit better than Pecknold does. And I have to say, you know, just as a selfish music fan, Father John Misty is much more entertaining to me than Robin Pecknold is. He's definitely more entertaining. Yeah, and um, it, it's interesting how this whole thing—two artists who we really love and respect—they're both always going to be framed by this dichotomy yeah. which it seems unfortunate but it is nonetheless en- entertaining to me I find yeah, it interesting yeah. and every time Father John does something I wonder what Fleet Foxes think right. every time Fleet Foxes do something I'm wondering what he's thinking yeah. so I mean I can't even help that narrative yeah. I feel like we talk about it every time we do we, we do we do so. even though we realize how stupid it kind of is but yeah it's like gossip yeah exactly but. exactly so yeah that, I think that wraps up our new album talk uh, listeners let us know what you think of any or all of these albums you can tweet at us at listeninpod let's move into our interview with Cam from Sorority Noise
And now for something completely different. What's up, everybody? We have Cam here from Sorority Noise. Uh, we were just talking to him about his recent show at the Sinclair. Um, so, yeah, Jake, do you have any... How you doing, Cam? Dude, I'm, I'm chilling. <laughs> I, like, I like being in New Hampshire a lot. Yeah, I started, hometown boy. I started watching the show Billions while I'm here. Have you seen that show yet? I have not seen Dude, it. I've heard wild. about it. Is it? Like, it's like Paul Giamatti... I'm, I don't know. I'm a, since I saw the like biopic he did with John Adams, where he like crushed it. I've been like a huge Giamatti advocate since. I, I respect that take. I love Giamatti, and uh, I have a friend named David W. Thompson who was yeah. in a movie called Win Win with Paul Giamatti, and we would always refer to him as David W. Thompson of Win Win with Paul Giamatti. Like that was the, with epithet and all. Like very nice. Oh, have you met my friend David W. Thompson of Win Win with Paul Giamatti? <laughs> did the National do a song for that movie? I think so. I think yeah, they did. I think they did. Think you can wait for that movie. Okay. Yeah. So you're li- you're living it up back in New Hampshire, doing some binge watching. Yeah, I, I, but I'm still bad at it. I watched like an hour long episode of something, and I'm like, why am I not doing something? Like, right. let's hold the phone. It seems like you're a pretty busy guy. In fact, you're just off a tour, and we. I just saw you and your band Sorority Noise play at the Sinclair in the Boston. The band formerly known as Sorority Noise. Right, of course. <laughs> the symbol. Yeah, breaking news. Yeah. They're, now the, they're now a symbol. Yeah. That's the name of the band. Um, but we both went to the show, thought it was really great. And I, I mean, the first question I'm wondering is like, it seems like this tour you guys have gotten a little bit bigger in terms of how many people are coming out to the show. Ooh. You hear that? My voice cracked. I'm like D and always sunny when she's trying to do stand up. <laughs> she's like she's throwing up in her <laughs> mouth. <laughs> the, the bright lights are too bright for me, dude. Um, so I mean, I guess the question is, how does the tour feel different to you? It seems like uh, sort of bigger rooms. Yeah, it was like uh, we did three and a half weeks. This, so this was our first really full U.S. headliner tour. Which I, I, like, none of us like the word headliner because it just feels gross and ugly. I think that headliner is a stupid word because, like, regardless of who's drawing who, the the, 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 the bands who are on the tour together are, like, a unit. You know what I mean? It's like you're all helping each other out and you right. wouldn't be able to do what you're doing without the support of each other. So, yeah, for, I guess I just I just don't like that word. So I don't, I'm pumped What would be it. your preferred replacement? Just tour. <laughs> Just tour, <laughs> or like they used to do, where it was like mayhem tour. Like you know what I mean? Like, like it was like, don't call your parents tour, or like something ridiculous, like names for tours. It's like Metallica again. and Guns yeah. N' Roses. You need to do that on the next one. You need to brand it as one of those. Well, Roswell kids calling their tour like the the Blizzard of Roz. That's awesome. Which I that think is, is an awesome is really tour. Cool. So whether you Man. call it a headliner or not, yeah, it, regardless, it, it definitely is. It's like a different totally, thing. yeah. And it was so it was very everyone. It was like. We were pretty blown away by that support of people because, I mean, the tour was announced pretty late on. It's just like, I don't know. I, talk, I feel like I talk about this a lot, but it's like, genuinely, there's like no driving force aside from yourself bringing you to a concert. Like, there's so many things that can happen in your life that I don't know about, that I will never know about, that will stop you from coming to see a concert. So the fact that, literally the fact that 1 to 10 to 20 to 50 to 100, etc., come people come to a show, it's like... Just the fact that anyone's coming in in general is like really cool. I guess maybe because all of us come from like DIY bands where it's like play at a house in Oklahoma City to two people and you're just like, wow, thank you for mm-hmm. like two people like Oklahoma. That's I never thought that I'd even play a show in Oklahoma. Yeah. And I think we all still share that vibe. So it's kind of helpful. Like none of us went into any of these shows really expecting much. We just like to play music. So 
it's been a lot more than we're used to, like a lot of going on and stuff, but I think we're figuring it out and trying to navigate it properly. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it definitely seemed like you guys have it figured out because the production value of the show itself um, seemed like, I don't know about a step up, but it definitely seemed like you guys are taking it, like you had those cool runner Sort of like the the lights in yeah. in the drum kit. It looked oh, awesome. thank you. Yeah, it looked really, it, really could you cool. see the lights in the drum yeah, kit? Yeah, yeah, okay, I awesome. could. Yeah, yeah they looked. looked awesome. I mean, we were pretty close, but what looked really cool when when whenever Charlie hit his, the bass drum, it like it looked like the lights inside were moving. Oh, that's basically. awesome. Mm-hmm. It was neat. Another, one thing I wanted to ask you about that I thought was a really cool touch was doing that Frank Sinatra song to start the tour. The, the, the so cool. rather the show off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I have my guess as to why that would be the song you picked, but I'm curious why you picked it. Because I assume you picked is it. This, we're going now, right? Like, oh, yeah. It's all on. We're going. Because there's a really cool answer that I've been saying as to how cool of a song it is and, like, how important it is to me. But there's also another reason. Like, I Give just, whatever answer you're comfortable with. <laughs> well, I watched, like, The Sopranos. Hell yeah. And the season two starts with that song. And mm-hmm. it's, like, the mm-hmm. perfect montage. And mm-hmm. I was, like, texted everyone in the group chat. I was, like, what if we walked out to... It was a very good year by, like, Frank Sinatra. And then Charlie texts back. He's, like... Yo, did you finally get to the second season of Sopranos? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And then, uh, then we were cool with it, and we tr- we tried it. And I don't think it's actually ever like la- stuck the landing, in my opinion. Like, I was supposed to edit it and have it fade out properly, and I just never did that. But I, I thought it came because like we don't have our own sound person, so a lot of times the person would leave that song on for too long, mm-hmm. and I, we would just mm-hmm. all be standing on stage with like our guitars in our hand, like. <laughs> we're good hey like feel Give free to turn sign. it down and they're like alright slow fade and they're like it's like 10 <laughs> seconds of an artistic decline in audio and I'm like dude just hit the mute and like, like pull it out of there it, I could be wrong, but it felt like what you guys did was you, you sort of like ended it by yeah. playing the chord that but sometimes done. we've been swelling like that and then I'll be like oh awesome it's done it's closed alright like and then we'll slow down. And the song is just still going. And it's like the most anticlimactic thing. I thought it was awesome. Jake Thank and you. I turned around. We looked at each other as that was starting to play. Because my dad's a huge Frank Sinatra I, My guy. parents, too. They were stoked about it. As we have discussed on this podcast, he actually left us a review that said, like, not enough Frank Sinatra talk <laughs> on here. So Big shout to Stone Yeah, Hands. But yeah. we looked pod. at each other. And we were like, this is fucking awesome. Because yeah. you had it was dark. You had the lights up there. Frank's playing. It just created this awesome vibe. Yeah. So it was really, I really to cover cool. that song on tour first before we decided to walk out to it, I think, because I like do some covers every now and then, mm-hmm. and because that like that last end of the song where it's like where he talks about like how he's like everything's much sadder. Like I just love I'm a sucker for like um, I think I do a lot of my own songs too, but like I'm a sucker for uh, autobiographical chronological con- like mm-hmm. stuff like fifteen thirty four like give me that five for fighting song. I'm yes. about it. You know what I mean? Yes. I'm, in, yes. I'm in there. Like, yep. I'm like, yes, yep. 33, 45, I'm about it. Give yes. me the, the ESPN Sports Center montage with this song on it where they put, like, different Boston sports players' numbers yes. in there. Yep. And, uh, yeah, I guess, like, because I, I think we do it, like, uh, yeah, in, like, a uh, car. And then yep. it's kind of like does the same thing where it, like, talks, like, number-wise. And I yes. think that I've yeah, always just, yeah, like, yeah. that that I, that framework of a, of a song has always yeah. stuck out to me. This would be cool. cool. My, like... Uh, my guess was going to be something along those lines. Like I thought it was like a lot of your music speaks to sometimes the themes of like sentimentality, a little totally. bit of nostalgia, a little bit of like when life was easier type of thing. And that's very much what that song seems totally. to speak to. So it felt like it was this cool sort of 
uh, comparison where you have Frank, which couldn't be music that's really much different, much more different than yeah. what you guys do, and then but but thematically, what has changed? That's the way I read it. Yeah. Too. Mm. Well, that's Ty. I appreciate that. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you guys were, I, I think, incredibly locked in as a band. I thought you guys sounded really, really tight. Um, what would you say is your your most fun song to play live? Because it seemed like there were certain ones up there where you guys were really mm. getting into it. Is it crowd response? Is it just there's one that you guys love playing or, or what? I like, uh, hmm. It's a tough question. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess, like, I really, I, we, the using is the only song that we play every night, like, mm-hmm. only ever, the only one that we played every show because I like to talk before it about, mm-hmm. about stuff. Um, the key change must be fun at the end. The key change is a blast, can be honest. The key change, the key change is tight. I finally, like, during this tour, I realized after we hit the key change, I was like, wait, did I find... Because I usually would just scream the that middle lyric and not have to, like, change my pitch and eventually just right. hear the chord and hop on. And this tour, I sang it once, and I was like, great job. <laughs> You're doing it. You finally learned how to sing. Uh, That's awesome. But I really like... We all like playing Your Soft Blood, which is, like, the really heavy one. Because we, we've changed it a lot since the recording, and we continue to, like, manipulate it and make it weirder, so it's kind of, like, fun to play with. I was going to say, it feels like, I mean, I guess it's, I noticed Charlie doing it because he's sort of leading the way in terms of your time, Yeah. but it seems like he slows it way, yeah, yeah, way the, down Yeah, and we now. try and bring it as slow as we can, mm-hmm. and so it's, like, fun to kind of hit that, and it's just, like, like 45 beats per minute. And Sludge. Like, yeah. Because <laughs> I, I one question I had was, it seems like some of the, the songs that you guys... I don't know about enjoy, but like I think get the most response out of is the songs like Disappeared's another where it has kind of like almost like that breakdown at the yeah. end. Yeah. Um, so when you're writing for Sorority Noise, do you think about it that way? Are you looking for like songs where you can like have something at the end where you guys just jam on a couple chords and, and sort no, of... people have called that laziness in the past, like not finished, like jamming at the end is like a sign of like songwriting laziness, and I don't really agree with that opinion because I think that like. Being coming from jazz, an instrument can be just as powerful, if not yeah. more powerful than a word. And I think that like you can hit a heaviness. Yeah, I think that if I was singing, like disappeared, if I was singing during the end of that part, because like our producer Mike had suggested that I uh, there was an idea that we I was gonna or me and him had talked about. Um, I was gonna yell during that whole breakdown part. Uh, I bet they're shooting jumpers. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, no, I don't think that makes sense. I think it's better just to like let this hit. And so that's how we kept it. But I think I never really is an intention of mine to shape the song like that. It's just right. kind of like one out of every ten kind of come out that way. No, it's interesting. I guess some of my favorites of yours are the ones that do end like that. Like, uh, what is it? Um, Timberwolf? Yeah. The last song, Enjoy the Part. I've always loved the ones that end with like these huge instrumental swells thank you it feels like it's something you guys do really well and live I, I definitely notice on your soft blood you guys seem to do it slower every single time I've seen you try to and it's pretty cool thank you yeah <laughs> and then Adam at the end of that is just losing his mind yeah. up there he so we saw him what like a year, year and a half ago did we when sit down came, and do our, our podcast yeah it was in February yeah. of last yeah. year and then we, we saw you guys at UNH Big shout to Adam. Big shout big, to Adam. Sh- I love I I love Adam with every inch of me. We big friend of the pod. we were just like big friend of the pod up there, just doing his thing, looking like a, a guitar god. He literally just does. like swinging the guitar around and everything. He's a lot of fun to watch. A lot yeah. of fun. He takes a lot of pressure off me. Yeah. Him. Everyone in my band like plays really hard. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like I do too, but sometimes like I'll just look over and like Adam's like doing some like. 
windmill guitar yeah. stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. word, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna catch my breath and then I'll meet you there. Like, <laughs> right. legitimately flipping his guitar over his back and like back to where he starts, like doing those moves. Yeah, and and, awesome. and Charlie too is fun to watch. On um, Charlie's still fun to watch. He has a very singular Sorry. way of drumming. <laughs> Cam's enjoying a snack. <laughs> I love it. The vibe is so good. I didn't even remember we were recording. <laughs> That's perfect. That's right. We're trying to set the just you know set a nice even keel here. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, he's he's awesome to watch. And uh, Ryan jumps around a lot for someone with like a bum knee. He's he does. like jumps a lot, which is inspiring because if I had a, he has a really bad knee. Really? He's on, so he's on the injury report every night. He's he's definitely is on, he he's not quite on the IR. He's definitely on the. He, I mean, we play it Belichick style, though. we wouldn't tell anyone. <laughs> That's right. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like he's questionable on every night. Are yeah. you aware of what you just admitted on air? That Goodell is going to be laying down some <laughs> sanctions against you. Um, I was wondering. So, like, we show up to the show. Obviously, you had a lot of friends, some family there. I Like, do you feel a certain pressure to, like... Yeah, I never invite people to shows. Right. You don't tell them about it or whatever? You know. Like, I, like, tell you and maybe a couple other friends. And, like, for me, there is a pressure because, like, to play a show, I have to get in, like, a really, like, different headspace that yeah. isn't necessarily conducive to, like, making sure friends are having a good time. And I'm also just, like, a person that loves to watch and help my friends have a, as good of a time as they can. So, kind of, like screws me up sometimes when I have a lot of friends at the show because I'm like, oh, word, like, how can I make you better enjoy your time here? Mm-hmm. Also, how I have to play a show in five minutes. Like, mm-hmm. so, uh, yeah, we, like, I watched. We got there at, like, 5.30, and I was just out of it, and I literally watched all of the day after tomorrow. Really? It was just on FX. In Pre-game. The, like, green room, and we just <laughs> sat there, and, like, me, Charlie, and Adam just watched. Day, for, day after tomorrow, like in front to back. A foreboding starts. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was just like, because it was just like, I don't know, we didn't have any, like, I just like needed to decompress. And it's like, I, I, I feel like I like, a lot of my emotion goes like into the set and stuff like that. So I'll feel really drained before and after. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that's necessarily like, that doesn't mean it's my fault. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I definitely wrote the songs in a way. But like, when you write a song, you're never thinking like, Oh, I'll be performing this for 34 straight days. Oh, of course. Right. Like, it's just kind of like some. A lot of songs don't even make it out past the bedroom, so you never know. Yeah. Like which ones are gonna make sense, or your or your bandmates are gonna be like, maybe that's something that would work here. I always imagine it would be weirder, or I guess more comfortable, I should say, to sing a song, especially like you, lyrically. I, you you kind of kind of go deep and emotional, and you trend towards very personal things. I feel like singing for a crowd of you know, however many people you don't know, that's one thing. But having people you know there, like, I would always feel awkward if I saw, like, oh, there's a dude I went to high school with. Totally, yeah. I feel like some nights it would be easier for me to to, to play uh, Black Holes and Revelations by Muse in full. <laughs> that would be Every great. night, like, having learned it an hour before. Zoe Camp wouldn't be happy. No. I love Zoe, dude. She hates Muse. I gotta talk to her about Time is Running Out. Because I'm a That's huge, a great, we, were, we were supposed to cover song. Time is Running Out this whole tour, and then we all just forgot how to do it. But, like, only me. I'm the only one that forgot to do it. I was like, I don't think we should cover Time is Running Out. But if you want to hear a three-piece band play Time is Running Out, the rest of my band knows the whole entire song. <laughs> That's awesome. We learned that in, like, some microwave songs just because we were bored one day. And, like, dude, that song rocks. Time is, when it's, like, hits that. And, oh, my God. Yeah, what is, we say that Muse is... Radiohead for kids who drive, who use scooters. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, a, a fair analogy. Because Adam says that 21 Pilots is, 
is Lincoln Park for kids who use scooters. Muse definitely <laughs> fell in that early 2000s wave of bands that sounded like Radiohead, like with Coldplay. Muse was another one in there. But see, Coldplay is so good. Have we talked about Coldplay? Coldplay did like the Ben's era Radiohead. Yeah, dude, like Parachutes, I listen to all Parachutes the time. Parachutes fucks. That song That's Spies, that song Sparks, that yep. song I like those Yellow. Songs. I haven't listened to Parachutes. Dude, you gotta go back. Dude, it's tomorrow. Good. Yeah? It's good. It's so worth it. Shiver, it's oh, bang. Yeah. For me, oh, the yeah. my my frame of reference for them is uh, Russia Blood to the Head, which that's, is also great. That's the album. Yeah, that's a, that's a great those two back too. to back though, yeah. like are per, could would be perennial indie rock albums if they didn't write Viva la, Viva la Vida. I I feel go like to bat for Viva la Vida. I, feel like I love that. Yeah, but I think it's like an indie rock record. Like I think that if it was like if they took the shape, they could have gone like this Oasis route where they had like records like Parachutes and records like, and then they did like even X and Y wasn't too far off. But as soon as yeah. they did Viva la Vida, it was this full like. It, like over the top arcade fire thing oh, where yeah, it was like everyone yeah, yeah, had a yeah, drum yeah. and they were matching yeah. clothes. No, like, it's true. They were wearing I feel like, like military outfits yeah, and shit. Yeah. Like I feel like that's like that's main that's like not mainstream to be like as a but it is. It's like that's like yeah. radio ready rock. No, and no, roll you're right. You're versus right. like if they could have stayed with parachutes, they could have been I think that they could have been contemporaries with like like Death Cab or yeah, like, oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, it sucks because they've become just kind of a punchline like now. Literally a caricature like a of themselves. Yeah, exactly. Well, but those... if you watch their Jules Holland, it's like awesome. Like, mm. They're real good. They're one of those bands that really went for it and they really got big. Totally. And then mm-hmm. as a result, they're not quote unquote cool anymore. Yeah. They're like one of the that yeah. I, like, But Kings I, of Leon is still I, I cool. Was, I was just going to. Are they? Are they though? Like, I don't think they kind are. Kind of? I mean, but I think of them, I guess not. Maybe. I think of them fondly, but I also think of just like Taper Jean Girl like before I think of anything else. Well, like, I was just going to say, I been reading Meet Me in the Bathroom and they talk a lot about Kings of Leon. Really? They were they were hyping them up as the Southern Strokes. And for a few years everyone was like, Yes, I'm totally. all in on Kings of Leon. And they were even talking in the book, they're like, you know, Kings of Leon ended up going for something a little bit different than the Strokes did, and that's why they're so huge now. They're like they went for it. They really wanted to be that big and they became that big. So Kings of Leon, especially with that last album, like I didn't listen to it. Even I didn't once. either. I it could got, not even. It, a it got song. trashed by by critics. So you know, I don't know. It's, yeah, speaking of new albums, real quick, like Super Sidebar, and you are not allowed to expand on this. Do you listen to Abbott Brothers' album at all? The one that came out last yeah, year, yeah. yeah, it was really. Dude, that song, was, No Hard Feelings, is fucking next level. I thought that entire album was really yeah, bad. I just heard it. Oh, really, you thought it was really bad? bad. I thought it was really Dude, bad. A quick embrace debate. I thought it was really bad. Dude, No Hard Feelings is like one of the best folk songs I've heard in a while. I will have to go back and listen. You guys check that, that song that, out. That, I will go back and listen because that album was so <laughs> blah. It was just everything was in one ear, out the other, and that was coming right after I saw them at um, at Boston Calling. I was like, they put on an amazing show. This band's great. I'm gonna listen to the new record, and I was like, "Oh, this isn't very really like, good." No. I didn't, I didn't really like it. Wow, I, yeah. I haven't dug into it. I've just like listened to it passively, and then I heard that song, and I was like, "Whoa, this mm. is really cool." We're seeing them at Newport Folk That's this right. year. Yeah, Scott Avid's not gonna be happy. Sean. Who is Fire's playing Newport? Yeah, Folk they are. This year. Yeah, yep. oh, very nice. Which is awesome. Yep. I was gonna say Scott Avid won't be happy. He's a big friend of the pod. That's I, true. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah I, no, not really. I interviewed him in college, right? I interviewed him in college. Trevor Powers, and Trevor Powers of Youth Lagoon. Uh, Scott Avett was a very friendly and just just polite Southern gentleman. gentleman. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, a gentleman. There you go. That's good. All right, uh, come back home. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Coldplay, great. New Avett Brothers, trash. That's Is that a, what we agree on? That's a consensus camp? between that's Cam, Cam and Sean. Cam set. Yep, one hundred percent from the horse's mouth. Uh, I wanted to ask you a little bit about Hell Is Warm. This new. Um, kind of like EP, sort of like a track, a tape, I guess. I don't know if Sweet we can classify songs. I think it's really cool, dude. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Thank you both. 
are you... I'm getting like a Guided by Voices, like, lo-fi vibe from it. Is that any influence on this? Those songs were all written in like under 20 minutes, finished. Start to finish, 20 minutes, that's what you got. Right. And uh, I would just get like a little stoned and then write a song without... Like none of the lyrics were written down. Everything was everything on was like like I'd be in my bedroom and I'd like come up with a guitar part. I'm like, all right, let's try this, and I would just play it to the extent of what I thought could be a song, and then I'd go back and I'd track another guitar part over it, huh. and then I'd literally just make up lyrics about how I was feeling in that moment, and then sing it over again while I played some drums on my legs, and that happened. Wow. Like I have like I have like 150 songs like that. Yeah, last time we hung out, you were telling us that you just have this crazy backlog of songs yeah, was, is this a way to kind of get some yeah of i think so out? so i have yeah. like a like a lot of these different like tapes i've kind of made like they're all like 15 to 20 minutes each of like like they think there's 15 or 16 songs in hell is warm as a whole that are like i wow. spliced up or whatnot yeah one of them is just like me spitting and like brushing my teeth that's the whole song <laughs> so it's like i don't know it's kind of i'm like i i hadn't listened to it um period right till yes like like, even when I bounced it from my laptop, I just put the songs together and then just bounced it and didn't listen to it. Oh, wow. It's, like, more of a kind of, like, an experiment for myself, and I kind of wanted it to be more secret and, like, just, like, low, super low-key. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um... I saw it for sale at the show, I think. Yeah, I think I just was put it out, but Yeah, sale? but I didn't, like, put anything about it. I just, like, put them on the merch table and, like... Because I saw it and I was like, I've never seen that before. Yeah. yeah. And so, it's pretty... I'm happy with it, but also, like... I listened to it, but I was also like, this sounds pretty fucking, like... Out there, it's super. Like, <laughs> it's super. Well, the reason I asked about like guided by voices and those bands is because it it has that vibe, basically, of what you're describing. It's like bedroom music, where it's someone laying down a track, singing the song, and really not worrying about a second totally. take, third take, mm-hmm. and putting. I think there's something really like kind of cool and endearing mm-hmm. about it. I think and, like mm-hmm. there's some pretty cool songs in there. Some cool Thank ideas. You. Yeah. It, go ahead. Do you plan on doing more of those with yeah, some of the like, other songs that I you I think have? that like yeah, I'll probably just drop like a couple of maybe one a year or so, just yeah, like just yeah. like for fun and That's like because cool. like I don't see any of them being made into anything bigger. Mm-hmm. But also, if they if one of my bandmates one day listens to for some reason one of those tapes and's like, we should make this into a song. I would have mm-hmm. no problem with that. I mean, it's like my song, like in general. Like I like right. some people might be like. Oh, that was like a solo song first. Right. It's like weird. Like, well, we just like reimagined it, and it just sounds different now. <laughs> yeah. And like, obviously, it'll be a little more than like forty-five seconds worth of mm-hmm. an idea. So yeah. yeah, I think that like I don't think that anyone in my band has listened because I sent them all to them, and I was like, can you tell me which ones you like? And then no one responded. No so response. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, we're like literally a hundred songs or something like that, and uh, maybe I forgot to send it. Anyway. <laughs> Don't throw Adam under the bus like that. Come on. Adam, I made Adam listen to the thing. I sent it to him, and he texted me back and was like, yo. (laughs) And that was it. (laughs) Just yo. Yeah. (laughs) No no, no further elaboration. We'll elaborate later. I have another question for you, dude. How do you say the name of your new album? Like, when you're saying it out loud. It's a good question, yeah. I just say, like, we just say you're not as as you think. Oh, you just run it right through. Okay. Because I've been leaving, like, I've been going, you're not as as you think. I've been leaving a blank. You could do whatever you or want. We say, right, no, or fair we, enough. we'll say blank. You're yeah, not you're as blank, blank as you think. Yeah. I understand it's not prescriptive. That's kind of the point, right? It's yeah. what you want. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Maybe I'll just start saying an adjective there. Do yeah. what works. Yeah. Do what works for you in the moment. I like Very that. Very nice. So you say you're not as as you think. Yeah. Which yeah. is good. But I, like, rarely say it out loud. 
Mm. And if I text it, it'll just be like Y N A A Y T. Yeah, I saw those sweatshirts you guys are selling. That like the, yeah, yeah. the square. Those are really cool. Thank your, you. Your merch is awesome. I bought the sorority noise Patagonia logo oh, T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> are you? Is there a future lawsuit looming from Patagonia? Dude, or? you have to be selling some, pushing some serious merch. From Patagonia to give a <laughs> shit. Yeah. Like they're like, oh really? You sold twenty <laughs> rip-off shirts? I fun on your Etsy. You know what I mean? Like as companies go, Patagonia seems pretty chill about that. Yeah. So we had from, the Rick and, we had a Rick and Morty shirt for a while and. Someone was like, "Are you worried about them suing you?" And I was like, "Their whole thing is law. They're doing this shit all the time. Yeah. <laughs> like they encourage people to do it. We're down. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't think that they're gonna care at all, <laughs> nor be even be on their radar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Speaking of that album, I I'm curious like how you think it progresses from your previous records. I mean, I think there's like it's ways just better. That, you think it's just better. It's just better. Yeah. Yeah, I think that if I don't think that every record I do is better than the one before it, then I'm. Why am I writing? Like, it's just I'm not, like, progressing as a musician or anything. So, like... The Louis C.K. approach. Oh, actually, that's not really the Louis C.K. approach. <laughs> Disregard. I just think that I should just, like... Everything that I'm working on is, like, the thing I'm most focused on. So, But, like, also, as soon as I finish it, I'm, like, don't think about it again until... Mm-hmm. Like, I'm to work on to the next one. Like, I was in the studio working on another record within, like, four or five days after finishing recording that record. Oh, wow. Like, I just, like, it's just boom, boom. You gotta keep... Um, for me, I just like am always writing and recording and or touring. That's just like the three mm-hmm. things I do. Is part of that that it like? I have a studio too, which just lets, lets me like once I'm in there, I just get an idea, and that idea could be a finished song in like an hour with drums and everything. In Flower Girl, right? Is yeah. that what the studio is? Is that like associated with? Um, with just things I do, yeah. The label was just started really so I could like have a place to like put out records that I've done and like be able to pay my bandmates. Like with royalties and stuff, like right away, every whenever, they, excuse me, whenever they need it, and then also like maybe serves an incubator for some bands that I really enjoy, but I don't want to be the label that's like taking a band and being like you're with us for a while. Mm-hmm. I want to yeah. ideally, I would just be like, I want to help you get to wherever you want to be, and if someone better can do it, then I want someone better to do mm-hmm. it. Like that's my vibe. That's cool. So, because there's so much going into a record, you know what I mean? Like someone's writing. I know, I know how. I just don't want to fuck it up for anyone. It's terrifying. So I know how much effort it goes into writing a record, and it's just kind of scary. The idea that like maybe things don't go the way that they anticipated, or maybe the way things don't go the way I anticipated. There's a lot I learned about running a label through like just doing my own stuff. Not let alone like investing thousands of dollars in this band you mm-hmm. really believe in and love. So it's like it's just myself, which I can mm-hmm. self doubt. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's my investment in my own self so no one's to blame but me if something goes wrong which I feel way better about versus like I get so scared that like we're not gonna break even for labels that we work with cause I'm like right I'm like well I don't want someone like maybe that's just like the like high school like junior high janitor slash cashier slash just like person that's like worked all the time to be like whoa I, you're investing in this band like I want to make sure that you don't lose money. What can I do to make sure that you, I'm not a waste of your time and energy? And it's just like, I don't know many other people that like feel the same way to them. To like, I just like, I don't know. I just don't want to be the beast of anyone's burden. You you put the last record out on uh, Triple Crown, right? The newest one, yeah. Yeah. How how do you think it's been different for you guys as a band? Not not necessarily label wise, but just like maybe press-wise or, or fans coming out-wise since the new album came out? I, I would. I think I would take a bullet for Fred, who runs Triple Crown. He's like a father figure. And uh, 
he's helped so many people out throughout. He's been in the industry forever, and like he's been the backbone of so many people, and just like a really solid dude that I'm very fortunate to be able to work with. And um, but it's just been like I don't know. We never anticipated. Like I don't know. It's weird. Like I don't really think about how things have changed. Yeah. In fact, the idea like kind of scares me. Like mm-hmm. I like. Right. The idea that we're playing in a basement in New Hampshire every night, except it's just a bigger yeah basement. Yeah, yeah they yeah. have day after tomorrow playing in <laughs> someone's bedroom yeah, that you get yeah. to chill in. Get to like see Jake chilling home. Yeah, I imagine you guys are pretty demanding, like Mariah Carey, with what you need backstage. <laughs> we are so low. Do you need like a baby goat? <laughs> I think we literally have like our riders like bread and (laughs) like peanut butter and jelly and like a bag of chips and like some hummus like we're very like please no hassle like charlie's been pushing for cigarettes for a while like just so he can get there and be a bag of cigarettes waiting for him do they they provide that sometimes not everywhere you know what i mean like some venues are gonna be like dude you're in kansas city you get a 24 pack of water bottles and that's the best we can do <laughs> but like so, of like playing a really big space like especially on support tours like where, where we're opening for a huge band it's easier for us to get cool things because they're already going out to get that band's like passion fruit LaCroix you know what I mean <laughs> right and so your requests by comparison yeah. don't seem as bad I hope not right you know sure I just don't want to be that band that people are like seriously like but I don't think we will be because all of us are just like I don't know. Pretty low key. This yeah, is, but also like there's a lot of time guys. to kill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because we get there at three thirty and we play at like ten. Yeah. So it's kind of like maybe I go walk a mile and a half, find a like Dunkin' Donuts, sit in there for two hours, and walk back. Like maybe that instead of like maybe that's what I want to do with my day. So. Have you guys ever been just straight up late to a show? Like like where you're, I don't know, you're you're mode of transportation breaks down or something not yet really (laughs) I'm also like neurotic about like leaving on time and like Mm -hmm. we're up half an hour before half an hour before half an hour to leave you know what I mean right I feel like you and and Sorority Noise but especially you are like the hardest working guy in the biz it seems like you're you're this guy you're up a little earlier than everyone else (laughs) but there's so many but like that's the thing is like everyone is like that like sure dog eat dog but it's more like Dog, look at dog from across the porch and be like, you're up too. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it can be doggy dog, but I think that like, like Soupy from the One Years grinds harder than anyone I met. Will Yip, like who, the producer in, in Philly, does not take days off. He lives above his studio. And then he never, he has, like goes to the restaurant that's between the studio, his apartment, and like this, and like, that's... No days. They're like gym rats, straight but, out. But, but yeah. for music. When we were on tour at the Mendingers, I think Fetty Wap played the venue we were playing the night before and left like a lot of their sweatpants in this merch box. And then everyone in uh, the Menzingers and my band, except for me, got these like double extra large sweatpants that just said "No Days Off" <laughs> and would wear them all the time. And it was like Norton twenty four seven entertainment. And it was like we'd be like and literally we had had an off date that we hung out with the Menzingers and they were like I was like yeah what are you up to today and they're like obviously not taking the day off you know I'm, I'm in there 
It was Lubbock, Texas. We went to a steakhouse. I got a salad. <laughs> <laughs> Where are the sorority noise extra large sweatpants? Dude. Are those coming or? I want like play like a champion. I what's, want those like remember those Hollister sweatpants that were like yeah. not baggy but like a little like you definitely yeah. owned them. No, I didn't. I've never no owned a piece way. of Hollister clothing. I promise you. No I way. Promise you. What, what is the Sean stamp? <laughs> I, I promise you on that. What is like the most out there piece of merch that you want to sell but haven't yet? Blood. 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 Any like specific blood paintings? No. Any specific type? Vials or? and necklaces. Okay. That's okay. pretty cool. I can get down with that. That's wild. Might be a health code violation, but... Well, you said the wildest thing. I feel like yeah. blood is okay, the how wildest about, thing you can sell. Something, like our own blood? Something you can <laughs> conceivably see at a merch table, but like you haven't gone there yet. What What would it be? It could be the Fetty Wap sweatpants. Like Fetty Wap sweatpants yeah. that don't say sweatpants on them at all. Just say yeah. no days off entertainment yeah. 24-7. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Um, you guys can't go no days off though. You gotta find another. Nikes would be tight. Yeah, but I feel like there's no. We've sold skateboard. We've done skateboards, which is awesome. That'd be cool. yeah. Skateboards. Um, we've done some like weird ones. I feel like umbrellas would be good. It was ra- it was raining at the show we were at. Windbreakers. We never done windbreakers. That's not weird at all. But I feel like windbreakers could be cool because like I feel like I never. I'm at a place where I have a windbreaker. And yeah. I'm like, to love to like open the trailer up and grab four windbreakers and like, you, yeah, we would all get to wear them in the rain. You could take a cue from kind of like the the business conference world and give out like flash drives, like branded flash drives. Just empty. There's nothing on them. Wow. There's no there's no music. It's just flash drives so that people can wow. can save their For shit. For free. You have yeah. someone handing them out. Yeah. Or like a water bottle. These are all these these ideas. These are, are airtight on lanyard. I'm just you're rapid fire, dude. Yeah. I honestly yeah. hadn't so thought, about thought about selling zero noise USB drives. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this, I'm going to throw this out there. Maybe we serve as part-time consultants for the band, merch consultants. Yeah, you can We're, see it. Um, we'll draft up some numbers. Yeah. You're draft up some, what are the numbers going to do? They'll, they'll, yeah, draft they'll, up some ideas in, before you draft involve, the numbers. This is classic business, Jake. Here's the thing. They'll involve our pay and our cut. It will be a lot. <laughs> what are you thinking about? Uh, uh, ballpark 98, 99% of, of everything. Pitch it to me. Pitch it to me like you're Mark Cuban on Shark Tank. Here's the thing. I got a lot of ideas. <laughs> this left to, we'll take this uh, take this offline. One time I had to like negotiate something and I straight up like was texting my partner being like, it seriously feels like Shark Tank. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like that's like 15% of $100 at... Coming in the third quarter, and I'm just like, these are words that I have to Google. <laughs> Is that a side of the whole thing that you didn't see coming, or like? Or? No, I love. I, I I my dream is to be. I want to be a music lawyer. Like that's my that's my twenty year plan. It's like I want to maybe five year plan, ten year plan. I guess it's like kind of like playing music now. Eventually, the probably not going to be doing it as much. I don't know when that's going to be, but there will come a time when right. I won't be playing music as much as I am. That's just a fact of life. And I think then I want to go to music law school or do like an apprenticeship. And be, I just want to be able to read contracts for friends' bands and like take care of people that are like mm-hmm. need help or even be on retainer for a label if possible. Someone's got to do it. Yeah, because cool. yeah, then I can just like still enjoy what I do and I just like mm-hmm. read a contract or two every now and then. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not looking to like make my life that my living I don't think but I would love to have a background in it and like the certification to do such or even help write contracts for labels Mm, and stuff even if you learn about it some would be helpful for you totally yeah yeah. I took took, like two semesters in college on music law so I have like a pretty decent foundation 
Um, but it's just funny because sometimes I will talk businessy, and everyone in my band just thinks of it as like made up words. So they'll like they will be walking around. They'll be like, "Yes, the capital is in the green. We're in a buying season. We need to. The gross domestic product is non-comparable to the net worth of the equity. You're an inelastic product. I, you guys don't want to be like one of those soul groups from the '60s who got just had by the management. <laughs> no. yeah. You don't want that. Yeah, no, not at all. Yeah. So I guess that's a good question, though. Is like, what is on the horizon for you then? Music law, down the road. Yeah. But what? Any new projects coming out soon? You mentioned you are immediately back in the studio. Yeah, I got the uh, band Small Circle. Did I send you that LP ever? Yo, yeah, yeah. I, I so like we that. have that record that we're doing, hopefully coming out in the fall. I got a jazz quintet LP that I finally finished. Mm. Did I that sent come that out? to you too. No, it hasn't come out yet. I sent that to you, right? Because I was like, I've definitely heard it. I was going to ask you about it. No, it's not coming out. It's either coming out in November or March. How are you releasing that one? Um, like, is I, that just that remains to be seen? Self-release type of deal? No, we're no. doing it with a label, which would be really cool. Oh, cool. Nice. And, like, they're going to do it, and I'm stoked. That's so, awesome. Yeah, we're calling it the Cambuche Quintet, which is tight, and the record's called Patience. And then um, I have a secret band. No. Secret band? No, that got canceled. <laughs> uh, this I is have... happening live on air. <laughs> what? Breaking. I'm just thinking about my head. I have, like, I'm helping a couple friends record albums and producing a lot more. Which is going to be exciting, and that's what I love to do. And then we go on another tour in October. Um, we're playing South Sound on Sound Fest. Oh, cool! Did you see that lineup today? I did see I that. Think I think yeah. sure like the yeah. yeah, yeah, yeahs and like Sleep and Electric Wizard and I think Japan Droids and Japan Hotel Year on that. Ian Cohen's Wet Dream. Yeah. So yeah, Ian Cohen would be all in on yeah. that. He's all the way in. Yeah. Sleep yeah. aren't sleep. Aren't they're like they, the doom metal band. They have that one out al- an album that's like one song an hour yeah. hour long or whatever, just riffs. Yeah, it's just dope smoker. It's just one hour. Dope smoker. Yeah. That's what it's called. That's right. Um, speaking of other bands, what are some other Grizzly Bears playing? And Charlie's like oh, been on nice, this like nice. huge victimist twi- yeah. text. Oh, Charlie has. Lately. Yeah, and like yeah. he was literally like, if we're not playing the same day, I'm gonna be so mad. <laughs> <laughs> they got a new album coming out this year. They they're do. great. They're really cool. That whole like Animal Collective Grizzly Bear sound that was like when Vectimus came out and like Oracular Spectacular I think came out around the same time or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. Really cool time. I think it's like Vectimus has some of that stuff where it feels like they're melding like jazz and folk in cool ways. Totally. Um, on some of those songs. What What are some albums that you maybe have heard or you're looking forward to that are coming out this year that you know about? You you're in the know a lot of times. Mm. You'll know about albums that are months out. The new Manchester record. Manchester Orchestra, Orchestra? yeah. Oh, cool. That new record is really brilliant. Like, genuinely, frustratingly brilliant. Yeah. Um, That's announced, though. So that's okay for me to say out loud. Uh, So so it might be an issue of there's some stuff you can't say. Hmm. New Alex G record already came out, but that's really so cool. How good is that? It's album? crazy, so dude. The song "Powerful Man" is like so yep. good. Yep. Judge, yeah. Judge, like that X guilty, dude. Like guilty. that's like just like the jazz lounge. Like yeah. when this, the first time I heard that song, I was so mad. I was like, this follows no structure. It's a verse, then a saxophone solo, and then the saxophone just gets like so much quieter, and you have to just like. And I was befuddled, literally befuddled by the music, and then. I love Alex though. Alex is the man. Like we played a show in, in Michigan with them pretty recently, and we just hung out. And we both played. We got there at like eleven, and we didn't play till like eleven. And we literally just like chill with them all day. And they're like so cool and so kind. And uh, and then their set was just like, have you seen Alex? Like, no. It's something else. Like they, Alex truly does not give a fuck, and he's like all the way in. Like he's mm. it take he like 
It's some really cool shit to watch them. We were thinking lives. of going to see them. They're they're gonna be at the Sinclair. Sunday and uh, Japanese Breakfast. Yeah, that yeah. said, both of their records are phenomenal. Japanese Breakfast is cool. They're uh, it's planned the day after the Fourth of July. Might be a tough one to swing on a, for on those of us working on a Wednesday desk work night. Yeah, Ugh. I do want to go. I because I, I do love that album. Jake and I are are such old souls where like we can't do anything during the week. It's well, like you, uh, old souls, baby. Yeah. Because you gotta think we're you gotta work at like six in the morning. We're, so yeah, it's to, not six. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> it's like nine. Oh my and god! I can, and I can get that's there. That's so late. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's late. I, I you live like five minutes from work. <laughs> yeah. No, but hear me out. Like I work all day, and then I have homework at night. Then we're slinging podcasts. Yeah. Once know. a week. Are you homework? Yeah, I'm, I'm getting oh, an MA. In, he's in school. Oh, that's awesome. I'm my yeah. capstone now. Yeah. I, I need to carve out time to meditate, so I can't be... This is important. You know, yeah. But speaking of that, though, um, there's a venue in Portsmouth, 3S Art Space. This was a prime example of a show I should have gone to, Frankie Rose. There was like eight people at this show, uh, and I felt bad for not going. Can you going. guys play that? Can you play there? Hopefully soon. Yeah. Do it. Because they, they asked on their Facebook page, like, who do you want to see play at 3S? And all the people are like, Arcade Fire, Bonnie Vare. It's like, they're not going to be playing 3S, dude. Justin Vernon's like, I got it. We got to go to 3S Art Space in Portsmouth. The, the problem fuck, is, the vari- fuck this new arena. The, the, right. the problem is, is they got um, Animal, Collective. Animal Collective, which set the bar high. At one of their first shows. And they yeah. sold out in like five minutes, obviously. And then they have like, God bless them, like just these indie people <laughs> trying their best. <laughs> Scrape you know pennies mean? together. And you can't, yeah. it's like, it's tough to draw a crowd when yeah. you've set the bar to Animal Collective. <laughs> right. And then it's like right. Julie Burns playing. It's like she's great. She's awesome. But there's she's like twenty people here. Yeah, there's yeah. not much so, of a crowd. So I feel bad not going to those shows. But I did suggest on the Facebook page. I was like, "How about Sorority Noise?" And the dude said, "I don't know who it was." He's like, "Oh, I love them. Like, I'll make." I'll wow, see you should set up. The, you should book the show for us. You want me to? Yeah, dude, hit a him up. Promoter action. Hit him up with a Facebook yeah. message. Be like, yeah. "Hey, I represent Sorority Noise." You want LLC. me to? I'll do it. <laughs> I'll I'll reach out to him. There you go. We, we make because like for we're us, making deals here. We don't. Have... This is just this is just part of what's available with our consultant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just a taste. Hooking you up with those three SRs. I I'm always wanted to play that show. But so honestly, like so we'll be there for us. There's no good music venue that's even close. So to have one. What was the place I played? <laughs> Dude. Oh yeah. Um, what was that place? Here in Manchester. Jewel Nightclub. Jewel Nightclub. Shout out to new, huge fan. The, of the thing pod. is like big friend of the pod. Big friend of the pod. Jewel. They could be getting some shows in there but they don't so but like New Hampshire Manchester New Hampshire is such a hard scene yeah. like yeah. like I heard when Death Cab played the Verizon it was like there was like no one there even us I had tickets to that show I, I forget what it was but I didn't go that's and I shame. bought a ticket so yeah that's the thing like even people who are like oh, I love going to shows I go to shows all the time don't put, like do their part like me so right. I feel bad about that maybe you guys can play this new arena yeah yeah. <laughs> can you get us a jet? Can you get a gig there? Like Elton John. <laughs> or Kiss. Stevie Nicks was just there. Dude, I saw Stevie Nicks there recently. Wow. It was a wild show. It was almost like yeah. VH1 Storytellers. <laughs> it really was. She, was she, she was telling stories about every song. Some of them were a little long-winded. Yeah. <laughs> Do we want to jump into some segments? Yeah, let's let's jump into some segments here. So Wait, yeah. new records are coming out. The new Rap Boys record. Rap Boys are really good. Speaking of, I think they're playing at the rebranded Fuzz Hut somewhere in Manchester, wherever that secret location is. Uh, I don't know. I saw it randomly on Facebook in passing. It was like, wherever the new Fuzz Hut is, Rap Boys was going to be there. That's cool. So that's cool. So Rap Boys is another you'd suggest? Yeah. When does that come out? 
think it's soon. I think it came like maybe Friday. Oh really? This week. I'll have to, I'll oh, have to double it? check yeah. that. And then uh New Queen Moo. That hasn't been announced yet. And new people like you, both those records are top shelf. And, oh that's top shelf. Yeah. Because they weren't signed for a while, right? Queen Moo? Yeah, yeah. Actually that's I don't know if you, I don't know that's not public knowledge, but like Whatever. Oh yeah, you. I think you were showing us them last time we hung out. Yeah, they're yeah. They kick, they're the people in Sword Noise. They're, yeah, I weren't yeah. in Sword Noise anymore. And I just hung out with them. They're fucking awesome. Never nice. kicked so much ass. Breaking, yeah. breaking news on this podcast. Breaking news right there. Um, yeah, let's jump into some segments. Speaking of Manchester, our two truths and a lie segment is centered around Manchester, New Hampshire. Okay. So I'm gonna have three facts. You guys need to tell me which one's the lie, yeah. which two are the truth. So we have, there's a couple strategies here, Cam. We could either tag team this, like each pick a different one, or we can try to work it out, come to well, some sense. Work, work together. We'll look at the I answer. got the answer already. No, no, you don't. So this no, is going to be a no, team project right for me, Cam. All right, so no, I don't think so. I think I'm going to take this on my own side. Number, gonna, number one, number, first fact, Manchester, New Hampshire has 25 official neighborhoods within the city. <laughs> no way. <laughs> that include Rimmon Heights. Oh. Amoskeag and McGregorville, so it's kind of like New York City, different different boroughs. Boroughs, but except, city that you're in, except you're in Manchester, New Hampshire. Did we That's, live? We lived in McGregorville, I assume, then, right? Because we lived on McGregor Street. Hey, you can't answer point. these questions. Maybe we did. I don't mm-hmm. know. Maybe we did. Maybe we. That did. feels like a truth because Rimmins Heights. That's like where like Rock Rimmon is. That's Let, like. Yeah. Let's hear two and three. Yeah. Let's hear. Let's hear. I'm Number two. About that one is a truth, though. Number two. Okay. The largest ancestry group, according to the 2010 U.S. <laughs> Census. Within the city's population is Irish, which makes up 23% of all residents. Hmm. French feels like it would have a strong show. Yeah, like French-Canadian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the... Well, we got to think about the mills. There's a lot of reasons people are here. It's yeah. probably, like... But I could see the mills were popping off during, like, the famine, right? So I'm think sure this a lot is, of people... This is now, though. So... Now? This is the, according to the mm. 2010 census. Let, here's the third one. Okay, here's the third. The nickname, Manch Vegas, which I really don't like. I hate it. Not a fan. But it came from the widespread illegal video poker gambling that occurred in local businesses during the 1980s and early 1990s. I believe that. Huh. The second one's false. The, uh, Cam's coming in hot. Okay. Yeah. Well, because I remember they used to have uh, where Jewel was used to be like this. Like my dad remember one time telling me about like how it was like an old underground casino type deal that like no one talked about. Manch Vegas. And I can only imagine. But like also, I doubt that it comes from there. Like I doubt like criminals were like let's go on down to Manch Vegas. Like I bet they were just like we'll go to Manchester, New Hampshire, and we're gonna gamble some video poker. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But you got to think about those people were the ones, but like. That does feel potentially true. So you're going with number two. The Did French- Manch Vegas happen during our lifetime, though? Do you remember during your whole life if you were in Manch Vegas? I vaguely remember Can when... Can we phone a friend? When a do- no, you're phoning friends we're right friends now. now. My dad would know. Yeah. <laughs> this <laughs> big, is your friend big to friend of the for each of you. Mike Boucher. Um, there you go, Boucher. That's why I'm, I'm feeling the, the French... To shoot near, even. Dutch. This is a Hooksit resident, born and raised. Yeah. So... Okay, this is so, Manchester. So here's what I'm gonna do. I don't have a great sense. Can you read all three again? Okay, yeah. okay. Number number one, the 25 official neighborhoods. Okay. Number two, largest ancestry group, Irish at 23 percent. Number three, nickname Manch Vegas came from the illegal video poker gambling that occurred. I just don't think that 23 percent Irish. That's like a quarter. That's a lot of Irish. That's like presently we would have a quarter Irish in Manchester. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna double our chances. You pick that one. I'm gonna take no. 
Why not? You can't take. We gotta come you can't to a pick consensus. One, yeah, but you can't pick one based on like constellation. Like you can't be like, well, I bet yours is right, but I'm gonna pick one so I look cool. All right. Okay. Yeah, well, then. It, well, if you don't agree with mine, I want you to say I don't agree with yours. Here's the one I pick. But don't be like you pick that one and then like because I'm like kind of like on that can't page. Be wi- right. But like I will also Jake. pick three, so we'll, I have a good chance. We'll stand in solidarity. Then. You want to stand in solidarity? Okay. Then two so, is wrong. That's our final answer. You're correct. Yeah, it's, it's 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 French. Good going, man. It's French. You wow. got it. Yeah, you guys got it. Yep. Feeling yep. good about that. Can you believe we have 25 official neighborhoods? That's it. That seems like a lot. Though. I can like the North End. North End is East, one. East Side. Yeah. Big yep. shout to any listeners who are who are who are still listening. Yeah. <laughs> as we ramble about our boring hometown. Yeah, hey, I was thinking about this. Beach Vegas, illegal gambling. Yes, yeah, that's, that's it, sexy. City that never like, sleeps. I feel like so. Normal in Manchester, like when I come yeah. home, everything makes sense to me, right? Sure. Yeah. Like, because I've been here my whole life. But when I'm on tour, I'll be in like, like thinking about New Hampshire, the Manchester. It's like what, two fifty tops, thousand people here. I, th- I think it's, I think it's more like one hundred thousand. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, yeah. So like, lettuce. but like, yeah. if you think of any other city in America that has a hundred thousand people, you probably like this place is lame. <laughs> what, what the hell would you do in this large town? You know what I mean? Right, right. But I like, I'm like, have a million things to do in Manchester. Yeah, like, there you go. You know what I mean? You can so go to the East Side Plaza. You can go to the <laughs> North Side Plaza. Go to the old Bedford Mall. Look at That's the right. abandoned marshals. Fun fact, this could have been one of your truths. Uh, the Queen City, that nickname, that's applied to cities all around the country. What that means is that it's the biggest city in a state that is not that state's I, capital. I think that's a common Yeah, yeah. It is common. Yeah. I think it was some podcast I was listening to. It might have been, pardon my take, Big yeah. Show, Big Friends Cincinnati. of the Pod. They were talk- yeah, they were talking about yeah. the Queen City, and they were like, there's other Queen Cities. What does that mean? And I kind of wanted to explain it yeah. to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah damn. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, what was a, wow, oh, wait, what were you just talking about? I was on the tip of my tongue. Queen City. No. Manch Vegas, gambling, wow. city that I never sleeps. That. Oh, yeah, yeah. I had a friend that was here working during the campaign trail, and, um, I was like, oh, I was like, oh. I saw him after like two months of them being in Manchester, and they were like, uh, I was like, how's Manchester? And they were like, it was fine. And I was like, did you ever go to the bars or anything? Like, where'd you go? And he was like, yeah, I went to like some bars. Like, you know, he goes, I really like Strange Brew. Shout out to Strange Brew. Um, lately, I've been going Big to friends Rover, with huge friends mm-hmm. of Kyle Clayton. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but I was like, oh, yeah, Elm Street, did you know? That Elm Street is the longest, and he goes one way, both double and dead end. I drop that on every. He's like every person I meet in Manchester at every bar. Would always be like, "Did you know that Elm Street is is the longest dead end both ways?" The other big fun fact we're fed as as kids here is the one about how when the Amiskeag mills were functioning and they were in their heyday, (laughs) it was the biggest uh, textile mill producer in the world, and it actually was. Uh, second was London, so like Manchester was one. Wow! Yeah, we had those. I, was it? Was that true? I don't believe that. I, I something about. Do you ever go to the Amiskeag Mills? Like, is that is that like a field trip? It feels like it could be towny propaganda. That's what that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Did you go to the the mills as a field trip? They used to take a sense. It was just like like a little bit about like like. The fish that like it was oh, like, like the fish ladder is really cool. Yeah, the fish ladder is kind of tight. I like that. It's pretty neat. I mean, so you don't. Kid. So you you guys are on the. Is that still a Ramada uh, Inn next to it? Uh, too? It's a La, a La Quinta now. <laughs> Dude, like what specific New Hampshire knowledge? Too. Like, oh, is the Ramada still by the Ibiskeg <laughs> Fish Mill? You know what we need is we need big front of the pod, Josh, history major. Yeah, hit us set us straight. Let yeah. us know if the London factoid is true. Yeah. I believe. See, I believe that more than I believe the other one. I forget what the other one was, but I do know that I believe the textile mill. I've held the thing about beating. 
out London for like 10 years in a very Start. specific industry yeah. very yeah. close to my heart yeah. for my but I also life. didn't like the strokes based on the fact that I just thought that Julian Casablanca was a bad dude and I would so be like fuck the strokes and now I'm just like the strokes honestly really good. <laughs> yeah <laughs> have you had those blueberry pie Oreos yet no, I no. almost brought them over here, but I didn't. I haven't tried them yet. I was gonna, I was at the Hannafords. I was gonna pick some up. Speaking of not having had those, that could have been a trust tree, which is the other segment. Trust we have. tree, I yeah. Could, yeah me yeah, admitting let's... I haven't had the blueberry Oreo, which is kind of embarrassing. <laughs> wow. I wish I had. That's good segue. Like, honestly, this has been. Just, let's let's cruise this that segue. That's a great segue. That's a great like, segue. Jake. See, the key to segues, guys, is that no one even notices they're there. That's right. That's the whole key. It's like it's not even. Yeah, because you could have been like that. Brings us to trust tree. We should have been like trust tree. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and like like. We were where, 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 where. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, where's a Miles Davis t-shirt once oh, <laughs> yes exactly that was actually a really great uh, mouth trumpet thank you the, the sounds this dude can make sometimes wow. blows uh, my fucking mind they got the siren too the yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. little kazoo mouth kazoo that yeah. came out of his mouth people yeah that's a that's not like a soundboard I can like have. click really hard with my tongue like that oh that is loud yeah. that's explosive and like I used to be like damn and I'd be like and like pretend to hit home runs. I do that with gum. I'll be chewing yeah, gum. You're a big gum snapper. And I, I do a pull in instead of a push out bubble, yeah. and it snaps loud in your wow. mouth. Yeah, great content. So trust um, tree, trust tree. Jake, why don't you kick us off with your trust tree? Yeah. So this is specific to this episode. So again, for listeners, the segment is something you're kind of embarrassed to admit, or like a particularly hot take about a topic. For me, it's something I'm embarrassed to admit, and it's special to this episode because. Uh, what I'm admitting is that I've never listened to an album by the Decemberists. The reason I bring that up is that in high school... Whoa! Wait, seriously? Yeah, I I really organically... (laughs) You didn't hear that before. Um, The reason I bring that up is that in high school, one of the first conversations I ever had with Cam was he asked me if I listened to the Decemberists. Because you look like someone that would like the Decemberists. I do, yeah. In in your defense, but what I am admitting is that 10 years on, I still haven't. Did you say you had though? Were you no, like, yeah, of course. No. I love the Decemberists. No, I wasn't that type. I would, I would always, I would always, I was a straight shooter. I really like that Pitchfork review of the Crane Wave Three, dude. I'll send you. You should check out Sixteen Military Wives. It's a great place to start. Yeah, good song. Um, then you got the Crane Wave Three is what I want to die to. You like, mentioned this. Yeah, I told you that when I when I imagine like my death sequence, like that song will be playing, and then I'm gonna like James Blunt like dive off a pier, like that's how like your beautiful music video mm. style. Very nice. I love The King is Dead. That album is great. Picturesque is great, too. Uh, They're great. They're totally worth checking out. Julian did some shows with them, said they were really great. Everything I've heard, I've heard songs, and I've liked them, but I've never taken the time for I would dig into, try The Crane Rife 3, or or King is Dead. Those two records, I think, Mm -hmm. you'd you'd get into them pretty hard. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. I I have a a piping hot trust tree for you guys. Okay. This is going to upset some of our listeners. I know that as a fact. This whole trend of bands naming themselves mom something, dad something, adult dad, dad mom, mom dad, uncle mom, mom jeans, mom mom. It's too much. Okay? It's too much? It's too much, and I get the, the joke that they're going for. <laughs> oh my god, he prefaced that, he put air quotes around the word joke. It's not amusing to me. I've never listened to any of these bands, by the way. This really? is why this is a flaming You should check out Mom take. Jeans. You should check out Adult Mom. It's making me not out. like them because of this name that thing. That seems like that a predisposed I, That I can't get out of my head. No, I know. I know. That's why it's trust I've never camp. listened to them, though. The and I'm just like, no, I'm out because too many bands are going back to the mom. Queen Jesus is cool. Queen Moo is good. There's like, I don't know. That's, I feel di- like, that's different, though. Oh, you're that's okay with different. Queen. You're okay with Queen. Yeah, yeah that, that's fine. I'm you, talking about like the, the mom noun. 
dad noun. Like, just insert here. Fair. I'll dad, give you that. Dad. And keep in mind, we're under the shade of the trust tree. That's right. So, I, <laughs> nothing I, you I say here can be held by the hot you. son no. of my So, wait, you think that, uh... Huh. It, Do you think you ever will get over this? See, this podcast... That's a fair question. This podcast, I get on these weird, like, little hate hater things that I can't ditch. Like, what what was one? Mac DeMarco was one that I just can't, I can't get down with him. And it's just, it's not founded in any fact. It just becomes this thing that I can't let go. I don't know. Do the, I, I don't know. Do the listeners know what you look like? Have you ever expressed your... There's a picture well, of us. Oh, yeah. there's, okay, word. I was, yeah. I was just thinking that, like, what if, like, the first and only description words of you were, like, you look like a Decemberist fan. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and people are now like, all right, well, he looks like a Decemberist no, fan. No, people, like, people who don't know us who have listened said it's pretty easy to tell who it is, actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like like, like Felger and Maz. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Felger hot take that I just had. That is. You know, Brady's past his prime. I think they got to move on. That's my wow. hot take here. I feel like the, that's fine though. Okay. For Garoppolo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that, that's my. It's not fair. Um, I know yeah. it's gonna make people mad because, especially since I've never listened to any of these bands, I, they might be my favorite bands of all time. <laughs> but I'm saying fuck them because I'm just like, ah, your name sort of annoys me. It's like the Hoobastank effect, except they got huge and were really yeah. popular. Yeah. Um, Who? Hoobastank. 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 Great all-time band name. Do you have a trust tree for us, Cam? Yeah, I got. I got one. We're probably like deep enough into this podcast where like people probably they've like, dropped off like two to three the, people the are listening at this point, right? Yeah. I'll tell you right now, this yeah. it's running long. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Um, he's thinking hard, guys. I'm like, give give us give us a hot take. Give us a take as hot as my. Mom, dad, jeans, no, no, noun, understand. band name thing. It's difficult, I think, for Kim, given his place in the industry. Yeah, but who's... Given his friendships. Who's... who's connections. If I give, say give something, something if we say something, can we just move on from it after I say it and yeah. not expand on it? You yeah. don't want me... Like, sure. we can't react? We. What's the next segment? Uh, End of the show. This is it. Oh, we really? could go out. We could go out here if you want. Yeah. I think that beach slang sucks. <laughs> oh! oh. That was whispered. <laughs> yep. Do you want to go full voice? No, that's it. All right, we're going to it. All right, that's the show. Cam, thank you for coming on. <laughs> yeah, this thanks, is a lot man. of fun. This is great. We need to do just a full episode of, of segments with, yeah. with Cam. Yeah. And, and, I like being on this. This is fun. Yeah. Yeah, man. Whatever your home. Do you want to be like a guest host sometimes? I would love whenever? To. Yeah, just totally. Come on. Yeah. Open invitation. Right. You yeah. just replace Skype me. Skype me in. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the Cam and Sean podcast. <laughs> you guys have me on once in a while <laughs> for weather. <laughs> Like for the day, seven days ahead for when the podcast yeah. is going to air. But yeah, that open invitation whenever yeah. you want to come on. Yeah. I mean, yeah, uh, it, yeah it's certainly a, a fun time. Yeah, for sure. It's a blast for all. For sure. All right. All right. See you next week. Thanks, everybody. Let me go. Yeah, I, I wanted to quickly ask you something. It's probably not podcast worthy. When everyone 
when like people in the crowd are are getting up to like stage dive towards the end, like the last song you guys played, there was like a lot of that. And there's only like one security dude wrangling everyone. I get so stressed out. I looked at Adam's face. The fucking look he gave you looked so annoyed at all the stuff that was happening. He was just. I'm like, using the, so I like learned how to use my eyes this tour like mm -hmm. better than I ever used to. I always close my eyes, and I think a lot of people realize that because I literally don't open them for like mm -hmm. tens and fifteens of minutes. Right. So I get stressed out about stage diving. Not in the way... I just worry about, like, someone can break their neck. Yeah. And it's on me. Yeah. Every time, like, we had some shows in New York. It was fucking crazy. No one was stopping them. And because of a lawsuit that happened a few years back, I'm not allowed to touch anyone that comes on stage. Because yeah. I can get, like... If I, like, touch them and they fall and break their neck, they're going to blame it on my hands versus yeah. the venue who has, like, nice... That's pretty fucked. Yeah, it's right. really fucked. Right. So when I can see someone, like... Holy shit. Falling down, I can't grab them. Otherwise, I can get sued, which is crazy. And sometimes I will anyway if it's like really bad because I'm like fuck it I don't give a shit, um, but like yeah I get really stressed out that someone's gonna get hurt. Yeah. And like, kind of wish I could outlaw, but also like I love crowd surfing. Yeah. Yeah. You know I mean, Have like you it's done, fun. Uh, yeah, yeah. I used to crowd surf all the time. Yeah. Yeah, and and like just being the person I am, being like worried about everything ever. I have never even come close to <laughs> no, crowd surfing. No, yeah, I wouldn't even consider. I was like when when people were like kind of moshing and, and pushing each other around, I was sort of just on the edge, like being pushed. <laughs> yeah. I just am that guy. They're like, okay, we've reached that dude again. So like that's <laughs> yeah. the barrier. Yeah. I can turn I back go around back. and hop yeah. back in. Yeah. I feel like I'm like a buoy, like yeah. between the deep end and, and where you're actually trying to get to. But we we saw Menzingers at. Uh, I bet it was crazy there too, dude. It, oh my god, Menzingers was unreal. Man. We were up, we were up in, the, in the balcony the, like, though. All the, dude, they have the nicest amps I've ever and seen. Yeah. Guitars up there yeah, with the like Les Pauls. Paul yeah. Uh -huh. Oh my god, dude. Yeah. Talking about them, they have such gear nerds. And the, yeah, because the, their whole their stage looks very clean and shit. Yeah. Like they have like I don't know no what the like loose cords yeah. or anything. Like everything seems like it's remote or yeah. something. Yeah, their stage manager Scotty Bailey is a legend. It was funny because we Jeff Rosenstock opened and his whole vibe was the complete Messy opposite of theirs. Yeah, yeah, yeah that uh, dude's awesome. <laughs> dude, I love Jeff. Literally just texted me asking if he could borrow our trailer. Really? Yeah. But yeah, that Menzinger show. It was funny because like there was a ton of people crowd surfing for that. Remember Jake? We saw that one dude. Or maybe it was a girl. No, it was a guy getting. They were oh, they dude. were doing. They were you know he was crowd surfing. They were like passing him over to where the security should have been. Yes, <laughs> all the security was. They had their hands literally full with other people, Damn. and they just dumped him onto the ground. I mean, yeah, okay, I don't he, he got up and he was like, he looked really hurt. He did. He looked injured. I don't know if this is perspective you have because you're probably so locked in during shows, but you've been to enough shows where you know. Like, dude, one of my favorite little subplots of any show is watching these bouncers. Yes. They just—they're like athletes in the prime yeah. of their career. Yeah. There's one guy at where did we see the men's Uh Paradise. This dude was locked in. He was like, <laughs> he was no like a out, fucking free safety. Yeah. He yeah. just—he was like constantly on the lookout, athletic <laughs> yeah. stance, wow. ready to catch everybody he really was, and put yeah. him down. Night, like you gotta be. I'm sure it takes a certain kind yeah. of patience. Oh yeah, but yeah, because otherwise, like. I'll, I, I've like stopped our set to be like yo what the fuck was that to a bouncer because they treated someone poorly oh yeah and it's like one, yeah. one time during a modern baseball show I was playing in modern baseball and uh it was in like Poughkeepsie New York some kid staged open was crowd surfing and some bouncer like grabbed them off and then just kicked them out of the show but didn't tell us that crowd surfing was illegal really so we stopped playing there you go and I'm like word like let's chill and then Everyone's like kind of yelling, and we're like, "Yo, did you kick that girl out?" And there's like, in the security card, goes like, "Yeah." And we're like, "You didn't tell us there's no crowd surfing. You told us no crowd surfing. We would have said that before the set." She right. didn't know why she should get kicked out. She to be kicked out. And he was like, "Why don't you guys fucking play and do your job, and wow. I'll do my job?" Ooh, and we we're like, Jesus. 
no, nah, we're good. And we all took our instruments off and just put them down and didn't play again until they let the girl back in. There you wow. go. Nonviolent protest. Good for you guys, though. I like it. That, did that was when I was still pretty pumped. That was like 20, <laughs> 2013, 2014. Now, now I might have been like, hey, tour manager, can you figure this out? Yeah. Right. Make sure this girl gets yeah. back in. Yeah. <laughs> but I also don't talk. Like, catastrophic events could happen during our set. Like, literally, like, someone could throw something at me and break my arm and I probably wouldn't stop like yeah. I just or talk I just like I'm in this mode where I don't talk till the last song and it like mm-hmm. makes so much sense to me I don't know really? is that just more comfortable for you yeah because I get I guess it goes pairs with the getting like nervous and like so I just like straight through yeah, and at the yeah. End. also it's like kind of like tight to just like be like hey we're sororid noises yeah. is the last song yeah. <laughs> like for the yeah. first thing you say at the end of the show mm-hmm. that is pretty cool so I, I think what we're planning is like we have like questions and shit plans. Yeah, I'm just doing your thing. I don't know. I'm just throwing it in. Yeah. So we're gonna, we we've done some of the show already. Cool. We pre-taped the <laughs> the first part, and we're gonna like dive in and interview and, and stuff like that, or just talk with you. Only thing to like that may be interesting that I've been like mad weird about. Is the whole power bottom thing? So if you don't oh, I, won't, I, won't, oh, yeah. I wasn't gonna go near that. <laughs> cool. Dude, yeah, that shit no, is that's, crazy. That's it's really fucked up, man. Yeah. Yeah. So whack. Yeah, we don't have to get. We're recording now, so we don't have to get too into it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll cut that part. Yeah, we can cut <laughs> yeah. that part if you want. But right, want to we'll, just count in like the actual like this will be like the official. Yeah, I like, just wanted we'll to keep, run. We'll keep all of this. I yeah. just wanted to run by you, Ken. I don't know if you want to take part in a couple of our segments at the end. Totally. We're gonna do. Two Truths and a Lie. Have you ever heard us do that before? Yeah. It's like the game. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so Sean's doing that. Yep. And then... Um, we got a trust tree. We have trust tree. Dude, mine might upset some people. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you looked at it yet. What's trust tree? I don't know that one. So what it is, is it's like... I mean, you can take part if you think of I'd one. I'd love to. It's basically... We think of something that's like embarrassing to admit about. So I'll give you an example. Like mine is going to be that I've never listened to the Decemberists ever. What? Yeah. That's so, awesome. I'll hold it. Yeah, yeah. retain <laughs> yeah. that reaction. Yeah, we we do like hot takes during during trust tree. Like yeah. if you have a an opinion you know isn't shared by a lot of other people, that's when you let it. Look it's either cool. like you're embarrassed to admit something, or you have something that you know is widely cool. enough. I got a couple yeah. things. Okay, cool. And right, then good. Um, I guess that's probably all we need, right? We don't have a rush more this week, do we? No, unless unless you can think of one off the top of your head. I don't really have one. Okay, we'll right do now. two. So, cool. yeah, that'll probably be fine. All right. All right. You want me to just count it in? Yeah, as long as, Cam, if you're ready, I'm good. Totally good. All do right. It. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's right. roll. Cool. All right, ready? Three, two, one.